It's the Empty Room Podcast, on location, with Eric. Where are you driving, big boy? I'm in New York right now, and I hate it. He hates it, I tell you. Well, it's it's upstate New York, so it's better than uh, New York City. It's still New York, so I'm kind of hardwired to not particularly like it. Yeah, but the upstate New York is a a nice place. I, I like it up there. I like Rochester. I like some other places. You know, you know, clear- you know what town? You know what town I really like? Uh, Sleepy Hollow is beautiful. <laughs> Heard they have a lot of headless horsemen up there. I'm, I'm sure one is roaming around every so often, but I've actually driven through that town a couple times, and it's just magnificent. Oh, maybe we should relocate to Sleepy Hollow. I don't even. Where is that? Is that further? Is that past Rochester? Where Where would Rochester be on the map? Uh, upstate New York. I mean, it's up there, pretty high. Yeah. No, no, it's uh, it's actually kind of close to the. Uh, actually, it's quite close to the uh, the tap. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, now, the tap and Z is a nice area too. I mean, well, yeah. nicer if you comparable to uh, you know the George Washington Bridge and 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 deep New York yeah. City, but but yeah. GW Bridge sucks. Oh, it's the New worst. York City sucks. <laughs> suck <laughs> well especially if you're driving truck man that's the that's some tight yeah, maneuvering yeah it's not it's not remotely pleasant so let's uh let's get on with the show i mean we got the what's going what on day the, is it today scott today yes what day is it it's uh it's a tuesday it's tuesday july 13th 2021 why is this day so special scott uh, <laughs> uh might this be your birthday? It is my birthday. Holy shit balls! Wow. I am. I am. I turned twenty-seven today. Happy thirteenth birthday, Eric. Happy thirteenth. It's a it's a good time for you. Stinks to be driving and working on your birthday, but you know, guys like me, we never we never have to work on our birthdays. You know, it's just. A, I know you suck. It's just a big deal. You know, I'm just a big deal, but uh. Happy 13th, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> so let's talk about all the things that are wrong in the world today on your birthday. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Well, I know you got opinions on all this shit, so let's go for it. <clears throat> all The Biden administration, Eric, has now proposed going door to door to convince people to get vaccinated. So if you're unvaccinated, the uh, government's going to come to you. And knock on your door and say, hey, what's the holdup? I don't know if I like this, will Eric. There, will, will there be uh, officers uh, with guns drawn saying, hey, you need to get the needle up the bum? Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't, I'm hoping there isn't guns drawn and needles into the butt cheeks, but... Oh, that's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's, uh, that's... You know, they're, right now they're just going to you know, door-to-door Halloween style. 
when that doesn't work, it'll be, uh, you know, uh, hi, this is a wellness check from the police. Uh, get your vaccination or we're going to shoot you in your stupid face. Well, there's some already some things going on where certain school districts are demanding that you have to be vaccinated. And there's some other companies that are trying to push that shit. There's definitely laws going back and forth, or laws is the wrong word, legal battles going back and forth with people saying you can't mandate vaccinations. It's interesting, and and, and, and I hate this whole story because, I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum about my COVID experience and how it upturned my life and all that fun stuff. I never actually got the disease, but it did upturn my life completely, and, uh, and I am a believer in the vaccinations. Uh, my wife is a scientist, and she really pushed me in that direction, and, and the way she explained it to me, it makes a ton of sense. The problem is, is that nobody trusts the media and nobody trusts the government, and the government is pushing this shit so hard, so over the top hard, that the natural reaction from the conservative right is, hell no, I'm not doing that. So I don't know. Definitely am opposed of the government going door to door and mandating people get something that they don't want. Like I have a, I think we have a constitution that says they can't do that. Uh, uh, can't do that. <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> but uh, it's 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 definitely yeah, I mean, weird times. It is weird times. I'm not gonna talk anymore about my own vaccination experience. I mean, you could say I was browbeaten into it by certain members of uh, uh, people that I know. and People that you know, cared about you, Eric. That's all people that cared. Still browbeating. <laughs> still kind of unethical in that regard. Uh, uh, you're fine. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> in any case, it's still wrong to go door to door and say, trick or treat, here's your vaccine. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of doors closed in their faces. There's going to be a lot of words exchanged. There's going to be... Here's the thing that people aren't recognizing or maybe aren't recognizing yet. If they're going door to door, they know who got vaccinated, who didn't. <laughs> yep. Like, that means there is data. You don't think they're, don't think they're writing this shit down? Yeah. It's not the end of the world because, quite frankly, every time you get a vaccination, it gets marked on your your health record. So, uh, you know, if you are a doctor or a medical person and you get hold, or quite frankly, I think normal people should get hold of their uh, medical records as well. Like, you'll see it's documented. Scott had his polio vaccine at age two, you know. So, like, all that stuff makes sense. Like, I'm not... Not one of those guys that's going. Oh my gosh, they have a record. Yeah, they have a record on all of us. I mean, it's it's the way it works. But uh, it is interesting that uh, you know it's it's your free will to get the vaccination, but we know who did it, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna come talk to you if you didn't. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Not good. They're gonna be all they're gonna be all HOA about it. Yep. Not great. Your lawn is two inches too high. You need to cut that. <laughs> you imagine, uh, sir, you, uh, it says here you haven't been vaccinated. Uh, would you like to get vaccinated? No, I would not. I want you to stay out of my business. Sir, I've noticed, uh, noticed that the lawn is five inches higher than it should be. Be a shame if somebody in this neighborhood heard about that. Are you threatening me? Fresh <laughs> receptacle recycling bin. Are four inches away from where they're supposed to be. Uh, we want to 
keep this neighborhood clean. Uh, this is a gated community. You are lucky to be here. And, uh, you know, get that needle in your face or we're going to have to ask you to move. I've noticed that there are four dogs in your windows. The limit's two. What's going on in there? Uh, it, clearly states, it clearly states in the bylaws that you, you can only have one dog and half a cat. <laughs> the half a cat's a weird part. It's sort of a sort of a rule we don't follow too too strongly because it's 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 a gory mess. It's, it, it says half a cat or uh, one gerbil. What about a chinchilla? <laughs> oh yeah, the chinchilla. Uh, as long as it stays in one room, never able to leave. Uh, then yes, you could you could have a chinchilla, sir. So I think this is all bad. I don't like this. Yes, it's all bad. And I and I think that uh, the government should cease and desist immediately, uh, because this is the thing that gets people riled up. You know, this is the thing. Like one of the mistakes I think the left has made here is that they believe that they are powerful enough, and quite frankly, they do have all the all the levels of government, and they do have the mass media, and they do have sports now, and so maybe they are. I don't know. But I think they do believe. We've got all the guns. <laughs> but I think they do believe that enough people don't recognize their rights, <laughs> and I think that's a big mistake on their part because, regardless of the fact that you own education and you've been preaching the uh, the communist manifesto to everybody, you've also everyone's also got the constitution, and quite frankly. Whether you give away free stuff or not, people like to be free and they like liberty and they like their rights. So I don't think it's going to go as well as they think. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we do not recognize your thought hall. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that King George over there? I can't see. Is that King George? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> is, that, is that King George over there? <laughs> Let me adjust my glasses. I'm not sure if that's King George right there or not. Holy shit. Yeah, sorry. We dumped tea and fought a revolution. Get on Meanwhile, the Pentagon has nixed a Jedi cloud contract that pitted Amazon against Microsoft. So I guess there was this idea. I don't know what Jedi stands for. I thought it was kind of cool because it's a Star Wars reference. But it's basically, um, you know, security, cybersecurity, and some other stuff along with it. And I know it's really, really being brief on what it all means. However, what I found interesting about the story wasn't so much about what the Jedi cloud contract actually was, but it was the idea that it was designed during the Trump administration and Microsoft won the bid. And then Amazon and Jeff Bezos complained and kept complaining. And then just the other day, the Biden administration said, yep, we're going to just null and void that contract. They signed a contract. Like (laughs) you can't just say no, like, we don't want to do that anymore. We're out. I mean, that's one of the things that keeps our society together is private property and contract law. You sign a contract, you have to go through with it. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't care how powerful the government is. Once you've signed a contract, unless you can, unless there is a, like, you know, you have loopholes in there that can get you out of it. Like, you can do a breach of contract, you can do right. this or that, whatever loophole there is. If there's no loophole that you can use, you can't just say, nah, I don't want to do that anymore. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> New administration, all contracts are void. What? <laughs> That's not correct. You can't do that. That's not remotely correct. 
if that was true, do you know how screwed we would be? Oh my gosh! You know how many contracts would be void and broken every other year? You know, a new 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 management contracts void. What? You can't do that. Can you imagine if that was like a all every administration, all contracts and treaties are null and void. Ah shit. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I tell you, that's sort of what this administration did, right? Even taking away this story, as soon as Biden was inaugurated, he sat down and voided a bunch of shit that Trump did. And it's like, wait a minute, can you do that? Like, just those contracts don't exist anymore. And there's some people in like third world countries going, wait, no, don't do that. <laughs> but we needed that shit. <laughs> we needed your protect. Like what's having in- happening in Afghanistan is criminal. I'm with both the Trump administration and the Biden administration that it was time to get out of Afghanistan. 20 plus years were over there trying to wreck shop and we couldn't get it sorted. And quite frankly, the people over there weren't really interested in freedom anyway. So like, I get all that, but you don't leave and leave all the gear. Like you bring everything home. Like Trump talked yeah. about it. Trump talked about it in the speech where he said, you know, I wanted every last nail brought back to American soil. Instead, they've left everything there, and the Taliban just grabbed all this new equipment going, this is awesome. We've never had this level of technology before. This is great. (laughs) This is why, oh, man, Democrats are dumb. (laughs) They are indeed dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. All right, sorry. don't like the Democrats. Moving on, moving on. Speaking of unrest, speaking of unrest, Eric, I'm sure you've heard that the Haitian president was assassinated the other week by men. Pre- not heard that by men pretending to be DEA agents. But oh, it, that's not cool. But it gets worse. So they killed him. They shot the first lady. Although it seems like she may pull out of it. Oh, I don't know. I know she's in intensive care at the moment. There was reports earlier that she had died. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, there were men pretending to be DEA agents. They caught a bunch of them. They caught like five of them or six of them. And two of them were actually American. <laughs> were they really? Yeah, but they weren't DEA. And now they've sort of started this investigation that's led to a Haitian doctor in Florida who <laughs> an American... So I don't know if he hired a hit against the Haitian president, but it's it's pretty fucking weird. <laughs> that is weird. Someone get DeSantos on the line. We need to get that doctor. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Heavy D needs to step in and lay down the law. But can you imagine? Like I didn't know it was that easy to do. Like yeah. If you- well, I mean, I I don't know if if. Haiti right now is the most secure place. You can probably get away with a lot of stuff down there. Yeah, but I, I can just, I can't imagine. Now, I'm sure he was once a resident of Haiti, and I'm sure he immigrated to the United States and went to school and become a medical doctor. And maybe he wasn't happy when he looked back at his homeland and what was happening. And then he thought to himself, I'm going to take that dude out. <laughs> like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> That seems like a weird, a weird track to go on. Yeah, then he fired, you know, I know I'm, you're not. I'm going to keep an eye on things. I know you're not a fan of uh, my homeboy, Jesse Kelly, but uh, Kelly talked about how there's plenty of ways, there's plenty of men 
who have been trained to kill people that go out on their own and they need work. And if someone's willing to pay them enough money, they will do bad things. And maybe that's what this Haitian guy did. Mercenary work is apparently big business. They call it security work, but but that's that's bullshit. Private security. (laughs) Private security. Like corporate security or some shit like that. But it's, it's, it's just, you know. Hey, you're a mercenary. Go kill this guy. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Kelly talks about how like there are people out there, very wealthy people, because wealthy people have the money to make their problems go away. Uh, and is this doctor wealthy though? I would suspect so. I don't know. Maybe he's wealthy in Haitian dollars. Like, I mean, I would guess that. Well, I mean, Haitian dollars are nothing. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna pay for to whack somebody, you're gonna. Any any assassin worth his salt is like I don't want Haitian dollars. Give me American dollars. No, but if he's got Haitian, he's got Haitian guys willing to do the work, and the exchange rate from dollar to Haitian dollars is nothing. He's like, yeah, you know, for 150 bucks, I can get this guy out. <laughs> yeah, but you, get, you, all, you also have two Americans who aren't going to fall for that shit. Right. <laughs> right. Or maybe they're just people that want to do bad things. I don't know. I just fit, yeah, as, yeah, as, but even people who want to do bad things want to get paid. Right. Reason to do the bad things. I was just thinking, you know, to me it struck me that would it be that easy to topple a government from the United States soil? <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. And then I don't know if you've heard, Eric, but South Africa's gone to shit too. Like, there's riots and, and, and craziness happening there. I mean, the whole world's on fire, it seems. Yeah. What are the South Africans rioting about? Well, I, I, I'm not exactly sure. I think there was a... I'm probably political, but I've been watching videos of the unrest and the uns, and the unstable conditions over there, and it's, it's crazy. I mean, that's the other thing that's happened in the recent, what, 10 years? Where with phones, with clear cameras, you're starting to see really crazy shit in high def. You know, you'd heard about it before. Like, oh, there was an uprising. Oh, like another situation that's happening right now as well. I'm sure you've heard about the Cuban protests trying to oust the communist dictatorship over there right now. Yeah. It's wild. But you're getting video evidence of this stuff. And stuff that you'd only heard about 10, 20 years ago. You'd hear about it like, wow. Uh, I'm sure the Democrats still play it down. No, oh, the Cubans love it over there. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, they've remained absolutely quiet. Actually, Eric, the, the what they're doing is they're claiming that the Cubans are protesting the COVID response. Sure. Not the uh, actual response to communism dictatorship for over 60 plus years. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Cuba's always sort of been on the edge of a knife. But this seems different because they don't seem to care. Beforehand, there'd be protests, and then those protesters would disappear forever, and then their families would be on boats trying to get to Florida. But now, it seems like with the video that we're seeing, it's it's a lot of people, and they're all really ticked off, and they want freedom, and they're they're waving American flags, and of course, they should have done this when Trump was in there. Probably. <laughs> you know, you're, Probably. you're kind of... You gotta, you gotta see who's who's pro America. Ain't this guy? Ain't what's sure. happening right now? I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys, but you, you, you probably should have done this about a year ago. Yeah. Well, why now? What happened? We weren't ready a year ago. What were you missing a year ago? Or, or <laughs> you know, in three years. 
Uh-huh. Do it then too. We'll see. We'll but see. You, you got someone in the White House who doesn't really care because even if he saw it on TV or whatever, he wouldn't remember it. Well, see, I wonder, because uh, Eric, do you remember? Do you remember when Iran did? There was an uprising in Iran during the Obama administration because they had this. Yeah. The Iranians had this thought that the United States would back their play. And it was, I mean, it was just the wrong time to do it because Obama was pro-Iran. Like, he wasn't going to do anything for them. He was going <laughs> Yeah, I mean, wasn't that around the time, like, you know, I don't think, had the Iran deal actually happened yet? or like, No, it was before. They, it was before. It was, so, the, well, I mean, that's probably why he didn't do anything. Well, plus he's a piece of crap anyway. But my, my uh, question to you, Eric, is this. Why do all these things happen when massively liberal presidents are in the Oval Office and aren't going to help you at all? I think it's because I think it's because uh, media, really. Yeah. Whatever whatever media they can get their hands on, it's all Democrats are awesome and love the and, and love and want to help the downtrodden. Yeah. While Republicans are all for the rich and hate poor people and minorities. So. Yeah. That's what they're getting. So uh, it makes sense for them to say, oh, good, a Democrat's in office. Let's start our revolution now. And then they, you know, well, Biden, help us, or Obama, help us. And it's just like, no, fuckers. <laughs> and then it's, you know, it's like, well, crap. And, but do we do we risk doing it again when a Republican's in office when all we've heard is that they... All they care about is the rich and hmm. and don't care about people like us. That's a great point. Which is, which is the exact opposite of the truth. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I was thinking more along the lines of when there's a very lefty president in the United States position that most crappy dictators feel they can be worse to their people because the U.S. isn't going to do anything. And when they're well, worse, sure and when they're worse to their people, that's when people are like, you know what, I'm fed up. It's time to do this. But yeah, I mean, this, I guess, I guess what we're really saying is that the stars truly need to align for the right place, right time, right person, and the right situation worldwide for you to make your move and and be successful. Yeah, which is crazy. Let's talk about Bill Cosby, Eric. Oh, okay. Pudding pops. Yeah, pudding guy. Well, here's the thing that drives me nuts, right? We talked about Bill Cosby. We 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 sort of talked about the weirdness of the whole thing. Uh, and also the fact that he was probably a, a dirtbag when it came to probably, women. Probably, yeah. Probably. But he probably came... like 99% chance, yeah. Right. But he came out the other day and said that the mainstream media, the real insurrectionists who slammed the Capitol, because they kept... You know, preaching this nonsense, it's not true. Well, he's not exactly wrong. I kind of agree with the guy. I hate to agree with a guy who may or may not have sexually assaulted 60 plus people. (laughs) Hey, just because he sexually assaulted many, many people, Hmm. doesn't mean that (laughs) he's... Many, many, many. Many, many people. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't mean that he, he can't say something correct and intelligent every once in a while 
So we're going. We agree with it doesn't mean we agree with the things he does. Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly not. Many people. Many, many. But he's not wrong. I mean, it, the media certainly twisted the situation, made it worse. The people who went in there are went in there. They deserve to be uh, prosecuted. Yeah, but they're getting smoked right now. They're in solitary confinement. Uh, they've been there for six months. They've had no representation. Apparently, they've been getting beat up in there, too. Hasn't been great for those people. That was a big mistake yeah, for everybody, I guess. That's that's not cool. I wouldn't uh, mind. I mean, I wouldn't mind so much. I mean, I, I don't think you should be treating prisoners poorly anyway. But I wouldn't mind so much if, at the same point, all those people from Black Lives Matter and Antifa who basically tore the whole country a new one during last summer got nothing. People. Yeah, murder, arson, destruction everywhere. Uh, yeah, they're fine. But these people who took a picture, went into the Capitol and took pictures of themselves and other people's desks, they're getting flogged nightly in solitary confinement. There's, the equivalence doesn't make sense there to me. But Yeah, they're, they're getting like full-on Guantanamo treatment uh, while BLM and Antifa... You know, they get out the same night yeah, because yeah. Democrat politicians are paying their bail. Yeah, it's not great. Well, let's talk about Trump. Trump, uh, Trump, Trump, Trump 2024, baby! Yeah, I think he's going to go and I think he's going to win. But that's a different story altogether. What I want to talk about is that he's brought a lawsuit against Facebook and Twitter uh, citing uh, First Amendment issues. Uh, it's specifically for Zuckerberg and Dorsey. So, uh, yeah, but isn't, isn't Google in there too? Maybe uh, I just put Facebook and Twitter down on my notes. Uh, oh, okay. the point is it's a first amendment thing. And I think, I think he's got a great case and I think he's got a good chance of, of really, he's uh, got a, he's got an incredible case. Yeah. He was the sitting president of the United States and they banned him. Yep. Are you out of your minds? Yep. That alone should be enough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, mean, I, I get that you hate the guy or whatever. He's still the president of the United States. Well, that's what it's going to come down to, Eric. Is that are these companies, private companies, that are allowed to hate the guy and make decisions based on whether they like or hate you, versus are they big enough or monopolies now where it's actually public access, public utility almost, and you can't actually <laughs> ban people because you hate them. That's what they're treated like. They're treated like utilities. That's why they get the protection of uh, uh, 290. Yeah. they're treated as utilities. Yeah. I, they it, don't act like utilities. They act like publishers, which is why they should not get the protection of, of 290. Is it 290 because or 230? I don't, I don't remember which. Whatever it is. It doesn't it's, matter, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's well, you know, it's, I think it's actually 230. My mistake. Mm -hmm. So 230, yeah. And that keeps them from getting prosecuted or sued yep. uh, by being responsible for what what's on their on their site because if they're publishers then they have to take responsibility for what's on their site if they're platforms then they don't mm. because it's it's you know that's that's kind of what 230 does uh and i think there's more there's obviously more to it than that sure but that's how they're getting away with this, this BS because being treated as a platform, as you, as a utility, 
and not as a publisher, but they're acting as publishers right. instead so, of, of, a, of a platform. Yeah, so I think Trump's got a good case, and I think this might end up changing the status of these two, or maybe three, companies. If nothing else, break up them as monopolies, because there is, I mean, even though there's fledgling little companies here and there, it doesn't, they don't nearly command the, the attention that the big three do. So. Well, you you had you had Google and, and Apple and all those all those people remove. What's that app called? Oh, Parler. Oh yeah, Parler. They had it removed from like you couldn't find it. Yeah, it was gone. First, first they first they shut it down, so you couldn't like post anything and stuff, and then you couldn't get it on. You couldn't download the damn thing. I mean, they took it off of any of any uh, like Apple and Google and. Yeah, you couldn't access it. I mean, it's actually, it's never recovered. You know, during that time period uh, when the election was getting to its zenith, that was the, that was the, where you wanted to go and they cut it down. And that's really what it comes down to. If you, if you look at all the restrictions and all the issues, it all ramped up and got shitty right at the election. And then once the election was over and they got the result they wanted, illegitimately in my opinion, but they got the result they wanted. Then all those restrictions were pulled back again. It's, it's, that, that's the part that sucks the most about all of this is that everybody knows it wasn't on the up and up, whether you want to admit it or not, everyone knows, like we all sort of know we're all sort of playing along. Although there's plenty of people that aren't, there's plenty of people that are fighting and you have the forensic audits everywhere and you have, but everybody knows. And it's just, if, if, you just never thought that it would feel that way in this country because this country took its rights and liberties and voting and, and power exchanges, all that stuff seriously. And now we're sort of a joke. It's kind of like the preacher who gets caught with a prostitute, right? Like the preacher who's just, you know, supposed to be one of the ideals. And then he goes and hooks up with a, with a, with a prostitute. And then everyone's like, Oh, great we've soiled that man he's a soiler he's soiled and yep. uh, and now it's kind of like eh, oh great <laughs> fuck <laughs> uh let's go a couple more stories here eric before we move on to the pope watch although the pope watch is pretty small this time again because he's still recovering from his surgery we have uh trump talking in one of his speeches about how the Stuff on Hunter Biden's laptop makes him more criminal than Al Capone. And Giuliani says that Hunter's laptop absolutely had child pornography on it. And then you have Hunter with his famous, well, the Biden administration with their scheme of selling Hunter's artwork for $500,000. I mean, it's really just a pay-for-play scheme for government access. It's, these people are such terrible people. Just terrible people. Ugh. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want to talk about that. All right, we found out that plant-based meat is not as nutritional as regular meat. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, vegans, you can shove your plant-based bit. You know what I'm trying to say. I know what you're trying to say, and I like my meat just the same, so I'm going to agree with you there. That dude, Michael Avenatti, was sentenced to jail. I guess he was crying like a little bitch. <laughs> Good. Two and a half years. He tried to hold up Nike. Only two and a half for that? Wow. Well, I mean, think about the crime. He walks in there and says, look, I'm Michael Avenatti. Excuse me, you're going to hire me to do an investigation on your company for diversity. 
and pay me 20 million bucks, or I'm going to go have a press conference and tell them you all stink and you are racist. And Nike calmly, the executive for Nike, who I don't think it's Phil Knight anymore. It's somebody else, I'm sure. Calmly picked up the phone and called the police. (laughs) And that's how it all went down. Now, he's also got other criminal complaints against him. Uh, stealing money from uh, disabled clients and doing some other shit. So, I mean, he's going to do more time than two and a half years, but I guess he was crying like a girl. And he was also, um, he also was sending, no- sending notes to the Biden administration and they, Biden ignored him. Like, no, no one was going to touch him. So the epitome of like the slimiest ambulance chasing lawyer. Oh, he's a piece of shit. Now I'm going to be absolutely honest with everybody. Okay, including you. If I'm going to jail, if I'm going to jail, I'm probably shedding some tears too. I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to go to jail. Well, no, if the other inmates, if the other inmates get that information, you might. Uh, let's just say you're going to be a catcher, not a pitcher. <laughs> Point is, I can understand his distress over going to jail. I get that, but because he was such an asshole and such a a complete jerk about everything. He deserves everything he gets. It's kind of fun. He deserves everything he gets. The uh, U.S. military, Eric, is testing anti-aging pills to improve human performance. What could go wrong? Uh, everything. Everything go everything? wrong. <laughs> everything can go wrong. <laughs> do you want... Do you, do you want a, a con? Because this is how we get cons. <laughs> Do you mean con? It's a Star Trek reference. No, I did mine. I did mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spit at thee with my last breath. Man, Ricardo Montalban was so much better than Benedict Cumberbatch in that role. Oh. Yeah, he really was. He was the best. I think Cumberbatch could have been really, really good uh, if they just kind of made it not a con story because he was always going to be compared to Ricardo, and it just wasn't gonna. Yeah, they should have. Wasn't gonna match up. They should have left Khan alone. It should have been a brand new character. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. is great and everything. I have no issues with Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm a yeah, big. He, fan. he was actually he was actually very good in that movie. Yeah, I'm a big fan, but he, he just he just shouldn't have been Khan. Nope. Be a different guy. Be somebody else, but leave Khan alone. So yeah, that's my opinion as well. Uh, two more stories, Eric, and they're both sports stories. You're going to love these, though, I have a feeling. Okay? Okay. First things first, the Olympics, less than a week away now? Is it next week? I mean, I'm not even sure. I don't, I don't know. But Team USA know. for men's basketball is struggling. They've lost two pre-Olympic matchups early on. They lost to Nigeria, and they just lost to Australia. Now, the Team USA team is filled with NBA All-Stars, like Kevin Durant and and uh, they they can't seem to win. This is this is not good. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you're representing your country there, guys. Let's, and the, uh, let's pick it up a little bit. And they're coached by Greg Popovich, who's a lefty out of control. And then you got uh, Durant yeah, and funny. Dillard and some of these other guys who are they're not they're not on the level of lefty nutjob shithead as LeBron, but they're 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 marching there, and they can't seem oh, to get a W. I wouldn't be surprised if Popovich is trying to find uh, transitioning female to male <laughs> players for the, his starting five. 
It's funny though, because that Nigerian team had one NBA guy who who changed his name to play on the team, and and, and oh, yeah. yeah, no, it's wild. So like, I don't have the real names in front of me, and I'm not going to look them up because I don't have time. We're already pushing past our 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 start point, but like, the guy's name, for example, in the NBA is like Gabe Detriment or Dieterment or something like that, and. His name in Nigeria is, you know, Agabi Determinado or something. You know what I mean? So, like, he changed his name to make it more Americanized to play in the NBA. And he's a bench role. He's a role player. He's a bench guy. And they're playing these, uh, you know, these NBA All-Stars. And they win (laughs) 90-87. And then Australia comes in, similar situation, and smacks them. I mean, this is great. If you're, especially because it's it's fun to see the woke people sort of get their own at some point, you know. That's right, Popovich bent over. But I'm hopeful they can turn around because I am a fan of the country, and uh, I just if we medal, I just don't want us to kneel or turn our back on the flag or something. Like I just want us you to be. Pay- you know, I I, do, I don't like saying it because I want the U.S. to do well in the Olympics. Hmm. But man. I'm just afraid that every medal we win, like every gold we win, and they they have to play the national anthem, they're just going to do something stupid. And oh, well, man. don't don't worry too much because I do think that there's plenty of Olympic athletes on the American side that believe in the country and believe what they're doing is important and and have pride in representing the country. It's really only going to be certain people. So, and we sort of know who those people are. I suspect it won't be that big a deal, but we'll see. And then the last story, Eric, the uh, the Phoenix Suns are up 2 nothing on the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals. Yeah, I don't really care too much about the NBA right now, considering all the wokeness and all the, the BLM stuff. And, and I mean, I just don't like it. It's not my style anymore, even though I played in college and, and I love the sport. But Jason Whitlock and his new podcast really got me – thinking about it because Whitlock, I'm a big fan of Jason Whitlock and he has a new show called, um, fearless is, uh, is just, it's really been great. I love his work anyway, but he talks about how this Phoenix Suns team is led by coach Monty Williams, who is a, a big Christian and Whitlock feels that God put him in this position to help kind of save the NBA and possibly the country from the secular bullshit that we've been dealing with for, a year plus now because be yeah, because like he's a Christian and then Chris Paul, who's their superstar on the Phoenix Suns is a Christian and, and they've both gone through tough times. Monty Williams lost his wife in a, an intoxication accident. Like some white woman who had done meth drove into his wife's car with the kids in it. And you know, both passed away, the white woman and, and Monty's wife and kids survived, which is great. But I mean, apparently, if you get a chance to listen to Whitlock talk about it, he talks about how Monty Williams' speech at the eulogy was all about love and, and, and asking people to not only pray for his family, but also to pray for the other woman's family as well. Because, you know, his wife is in heaven where he yearns to be and he's envious of her and he can't wait to see. I mean, it was jaw-dropping how this man took probably the most horrible moment in his life. And it's it's not just jaw-dropping, it's inspiring. So so all of a sudden, I'm interested. 
You know, a lot of people were Suns fans anyway because they saw that clip of that dude beating up that other dude. <laughs> Did you see that clip? No, I never saw it. So there, it was when they were uh, they were playing somebody. Of course, I don't know the other team, but it was game one, and the one dude was talking shit to the other dude who had a Suns jersey on, and they ended up getting a scuffle. And the Suns guy, who's probably a white guy in his mid forties, maybe early fifties, maybe even younger, maybe his late thirties. I don't know. He was a weird looking dude, but he grabbed the, the other guy and the guy's covering up and he's just pounding away. Like, and clearly the other guy didn't want anything to do with it anymore. So he's kind of pulled away by his buddies and kind of wobbling. And the dude that was hitting him, all he does is look at him and go, sons and four, sons and four. <laughs> <laughs> so the sons, became, of course, Barstool got a hold of that clip and made it famous. And then everyone's like, sons and four, sons for but i think the better reason to like the Suns is the is the christianity situation with monty williams and chris paul i think that makes it a pretty cool story and and if they win the nba championship and they could lose to the bucks it could still happen but if they win the platform that williams and paul will have to preach the gospel will be pretty large and that's pretty cool too yeah um, so as, a, as an aside though kind of wondering if maybe sir charles could maybe Get signed for like game four. Maybe finally get his ring. I love Charles uh, Barkley. I mean, he's a good guy. He's a he's not weird. He's he's unrestrained. Like he never has an issue saying anything that's on his mind. He's oh yeah, he's he's very unfiltered. But he was an amazing player, and he seems like an okay person. I mean, there was that time where he got caught, you know, soliciting a prostitute. But you know, we all have needs, Eric. <laughs> We've all been caught doing that. We all have needs at some point. Uh, but With like five minutes left in the fourth quarter, if you're like really, you know, far up and it's, you know, 3-0 and you're going to win the championship and, it's, you know, just throw Charles out in the court. You know, he'll play the last five minutes, get, Dude. A, get a rebound or two. And Dude, the way they play – the way they play basketball now, Charles will get 15. he get 15 points, 10 boards because you can't touch anybody anymore. And you can't, you know, it's not physical like it was when he played. So the other thing that Whitlock brings up is that it, it was, you know, divine intervention, he thinks, that the uh, the Suns are playing the Bucks because the Bucks are the team that walked off the court and stood by, you know, let a game go in protest because of Black Lives Matter and Antifa. <laughs> and he said, you know, the Bucks guys, they're just, they're not bad people. They're just part of the system for the social media and the left-wing nut jobs like they don't know any better and monty williams and chris paul are the true adults in the room it's very i i i love our podcast i think we do some decent stuff but like you hear whitlock do his thing you hear jesse kelly do it those guys are so good i highly recommend them to everybody but always tune in the empty room podcast right eric well yes <laughs> and then Quickly shut us off and find better programming. <laughs>
It's time for the Pope Watch, Eric. I hope you're ready for this quick popey. See what I did there? Quick popey? Quick puppy? You know? Eh? See what I did yeah. there? Stop, stop talking. Stop talking. Okay. Well, Francis, I mean, really, this one is about Francis's recovery from the surgery that he had on his colon and lower intestines. Apparently went well and progress continues to proceed. However, he can poop like a man again. However, they are going to hold him for a couple more days to uh, see if they can get the uh, the recovery even more optimistic and uh, and get it where it needs to go. So he's going to be laid up for probably the rest of this week. Uh, he did meet with visitors for the first time and got a photo op, and he thanked everybody for praying for him and whatnot. Uh, Although we don't know why one of the visitors had a domino shirt on. <laughs> Is that part of the recovery project? Like you can't, you can't order out the pizza every night, sir, father. You can't, you can't do that anymore. If you want to live on this mortal, mortal coil for a little bit longer, it's time for the salads. It was really weird how they, all the visitors kind of, kind of, uh, had like a, had like a, a theme going. One had a Domino's shirt. Another one had a Papa John's shirt. Another one had a Pizza Hut shirt. I mean, it was how they made those. The Papa Uh, John's for the Papa. And you know he loves that garlic sauce because everyone does. That's a holy thing right there. He somehow has gained 20 pounds. (laughs) He looks, he's starting to look his age, man. I mean, at 83, I guess we all sort of start to look our age. But, uh, you know, we still have the backup Pope Benedict if things go wrong. Hey, Expo Palpatine. Come on in, buddy. <laughs> is, is that sort of how he sees himself, you think? I'm, I'm the backup in case things go wrong? Like, yeah, he's like, all right, I'm on deck just in case. Yeah, I'm on the bench, but if, if called for, I'll step right in. And Man, he'd be a better fit, to be honest. I still don't think Francis has really lived up to the hype that we hoped. But still time. Still time to live up that hype. Turn the corner. Give up communism yeah. and... Uh, that's, that's not going to happen, dude. Oh, all right. Well, and uh, you're right, Eric, because in one of the few statements he made uh, while up and around and having photo ops, he, he did say that he uh, backs free universal health care coverage for every country. So, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. So, uh, it has nothing to do with the fact that you're in the hospital right now. Although it doesn't matter to you, you have more money than pretty much anyone else. True. True. So how about that? I mean, can't keep that one to yourself, there, bud. Can't we? Can't we go with the if you want to help a person, teach a man to fish version of capitalism instead of we're going to provide everything for everybody and have limits on what people can do. I mean, am I off base there, Eric? No, you're not off base, but that's not what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, until the, the right people get voted into power, uh, or you know, the right slip of paper is put into a furnace for smoke to come out of a chimney. I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the Pope process really is. So let's uh, you know, there's some some sort of chimney thing is happening. Yeah, like that's that's always an interesting concept because. Like one of the things that makes human beings kind of cool is that we have these, and this is sort of, again, one of the things the left misses. They just don't get it. 
Or maybe they do, and they understand that if you remove all these symbols and all these historical landmarks, you basically can fill it, fill them in with your communistic bullshit. But what makes human beings pretty interesting is that we have these symbols and these and these historical relics, and we have these that that sort of you know are testament to what we've done before and what happened and what we should do next. And and the Pope thing with the with the chimney is always it's a pretty cool one, right? Because is yeah, that- it is. It's like, all right, what color smoke is it going to be today? <laughs> uh, do we have a new pope? Yes, we have a new pope! Well, I tell you, you know, it's one of those things, too, where a normal person in Rome could be walking around, see the smoke, and know exactly what's happened. You know, like, holy shit! There's a new pope! Holy smokes! Literally! <laughs> or, or it'll be, ah, oh, man, they can't make up their minds. <laughs> So, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Pope Francis, one of these days we're going to have to sit down and like document the things that we know anyway, that we've read throughout the years. Seven years of doing this, by the way, Eric, seven. Uh, Uh, Seems like 20. (laughs) We're going to document everything we've, we've talked about and then give a final grade to the Popus. Sorry, Pope Francis. I know you hate that. I apologize. But it's so fun. A big old D for the Pope. No, no, no euphemism. It's just a grade. <laughs> I would say probably a C. No, not even close. <laughs> there it is again. Well, I'll tell you why it's a C. In the next, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why it's a C. In the next segment. Ridiculous, Eric, and I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you. One of the best stories that made me laugh the hardest between you and I was the incredible, unforgettable, hilarious story where she she thinks she's Spanish and she's a white girl from Boston. You know, she married Alec Baldwin. Oh my gosh, I laughed so damn hard with the idea that Alec Baldwin and Hilaria Baldwin pretended to be Spanish, and she clearly has done it, but you took that extra mile and was like, Alec Baldwin, see! (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's back in the news, and she's still justifying her Spanish heritage scandal, saying that, look, it's complicated, like, surely... She is a white woman from Boston. However, she was brought up a certain way. She's basically Rachel Dolezaling this thing, saying, you know, if I feel this way and I was, and they, they really emphasized the Spanish culture when I was growing up, I am 
going to be this way. So Alec can continue to say. <laughs> Look, we've had to swallow this gender fluid nonsense. Culture fluid is not really a thing. Uh, you, you need to stop. Well, all I can think about with this story, Eric, is that famous Chappelle joke where he talks about how this woman brings up to his attention, you know, just because I dress this way does not make me a whore. And he says, well, you're right. But you are wearing a whore's uniform. and <laughs> <laughs> You have to understand, that shit is fucking confusing. <laughs> Because you are wearing a whore's uniform. <laughs> uh, he's one of the greatest of all time. Maybe the greatest stand-up comedian of all time. Uh, no, but he's, he's probably top five, yeah. maybe top three. Yeah, but he. Uh, but that's sort of how this stuff all feels. Like I, I'm. You can't judge me by how I look and how I act. Well, it's confusing. I kind of can. I kind of can. can. How you look and how you act and how you speak is what you project out to the rest of us. We have no other way to define you. That's kind of all we have to go on. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't want to be because treated or or looked at or talked about a certain way, don't act a certain way or look a certain way. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of all goes back to what Jesus said. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I love him. So do I. You want to treat others how you yourself would like to be treated. Not exactly sure he said that. It is the golden rule. Uh, I, thought, I thought that did come from him. No, I don't think that's a Jesus statement. But uh, pretty, sure, pretty sure it is. <laughs> we might need to look that up because I brought that up the other day. I was talking about the golden rule. And someone who's pretty astute in the church rule thinkings was like, yeah, that's not a, it's not a, it's not a Christ thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing, but not a Christ thing. Good thing. So, so there's that. All right. I'm just kind of at a quick glance here. The golden rule was kind of pronounced in the sermon on the Mount. Really? It's, I mean, I, this is a quick search. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I mean, I thought he said, blessed but, are the cheesemakers. Well, he said a lot of stuff. It was a sermon. <laughs> Sermons are long. <laughs> and he did not. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, not the cheesemakers. That was a Monty Python joke. Yeah, just, I mean, look, I don't know. Hold on a second. <laughs> Matthew, chapter 7, verse 12. <laughs> so, whatever you wish that others would do to you, so also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. The golden rule. There it is. Well, anyway, you are correct then, and uh, it was a Christ thing, and uh, I, I agree. That's that's how we should treat each other. Let's get to my fifth grader story about uh, fifth graders will have access to condoms in Chicago Elementary School. Uh, son of a bitch. Now, I have a different take on this. Of course, it's inappropriate. Okay. It's absolutely inappropriate. Of course. There should be no but in this sentence, Scott. Well, there no. There should be no but in this sentence. <laughs> well. No but, no however, 
no, let me play devil's advocate. It's inappropriate. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. That's what I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to do a, I'm not going to butt or however this. I'm just going to say this is what's going to happen. Because this happens every time people try to put in new things in elementary school. Because what people don't understand, most people, especially in government, have sneaky guilt that they're on the dime and they're not doing anything. They're freeloading. So they, probably because they are. So they feel like they have to put their hands in everything to justify their phony baloney jobs, as we know. And every time they try to put new things into an elementary school, the same thing happens. The kids use those items in completely different ways than you think they're going to use them. And it's funny. <laughs> oh, there's going to be like massive water balloon fights. Water balloon fights. Going to be wearing them on their heads like roosters. They're going to they're going to they're going to do all sorts of weird shit. Pretend they're rhinos, you know. You're going to be teaching a course, you're teaching your class and all of a sudden the a condom's going to fly by. It's it's going to be you, you know you know you know one of these kids is going to have a condom on, on each of his fingers and just kind of go walking around. I'm I'm Edward Condom Hands. <laughs> And just, you know, yep. Like that. yep. But I remember when they had this bright idea 20, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, to put hand sanitizer things everywhere in elementary schools and even middle schools and high schools. And you know what happened then? The kids would take the toilet paper and douse them in the, uh, in the gel and either throw spitballs or light them on fire in the school. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that things are designed a certain way because they work. You don't need to mess with things that work. You let them go forward. So kids don't need condoms in elementary school. Kids need to be kids. That's it. Take your bullshit off of them. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like a trade-off. You know, it's like, you know, the hand sanitizers yeah, could be a good idea. We just have to be... Willing to accept a little bit of arson along the way. I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> these things happen. Yeah, it turns out hand sanitizer is very flammable, especially when it's mixed with a paper product. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Who knew? So, Eric. I think it's the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> it is the alcohol. So, we talked about this before about the NCAA, you know, losing their court battle, and now they're going to be able to pay college athletes. And we didn't know exactly what the ramifications of that might be, but we got our first taste right here. A company called American Top Team has decided to commit up to $6,000 for every Miami football player on scholarship. So if you get a scholarship to play for Miami U, you got six grand coming your way. Or maybe a little less, but six grand max. That's, that seems rather dis- disappointing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Amateur <laughs> sports be damned. <laughs> six grand is the best you can do. <laughs> well, if you think about it, if you if you can get away with six grand, that's pretty cheap comparatively what these kids would make if they actually could, you know, get a piece of the of the, of the pie of their jersey sales and whatnot. Yeah. So it's a whole new landscape now. So I would I wonder how it's going to be regulated because I would suspect that. If I'm a scholarship athlete to Miami U, I'm going to take America's uh, American top team six grand, 
then I'm also going to take whoever else wants to give me stuff too. So I, can... I know, but it's just it's just the kind of thing where it's like you know how much money is in these you know college sports and all that stuff, just like billions upon billions upon billions of dollars, and then you have American top American top team is like we're going to give these players six thousand dollars. He's like, oh, and it's like you know, it's, it's kind of like Doctor Evil. It's like a, it's like a balloon deflating. <laughs> It's like Dr. Evil saying, I want one million dollars. Is that all? Is that it? <laughs> really? Well, it's interesting because there's a lot of people like Clay Travis and uh, uh, sports pundits who are talking about how if you can pay college athletes, if they can sign sponsorship deals and do whatever, what the hell do you need the NCAA for anymore? They don't need to exist I mean, they make all these rules. They, they suspend people for the tiniest infractions if they want to. But now that that is gone, what's the point? <laughs> no. Interesting stuff all the way around on that one. So, Eric, the uh, Biden administration has put in to the, let's see here if I read this right, the Bureau of Land Management. They're trying to put in this person named Tracy Stone Manning. Turns out Tracy Stone Manning worked for a uh, eco-terrorist group called Earth First. And uh, Earth First was one of the organizations that Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, praised when he was caught. So uh, that's happening. It's not great. It's not great. (laughs) We got another Biden rumor. So apparently... (laughs) I mean, I'm telling you these two stories just to sort of cement not that you need much help from me what a shit show the biden administration is and how terrible it is that this has happened so you got it's like there's there's like fecal matter all over the wall right now true and check this out pure shit check this out so it's been rumored that the biden crew not the biden administration but the people that are closest to the bidens jill and uh and captain thinks a lot are hiring on the brain. <laughs> are hiring and hiring reporters and making sure bad stories about Kamala Harris are being released on the constant because they're they have heard that Kamala is planning to push the twenty fifth amendment on Big Joe there. So uh, to get twenty fifth amendment is saying that the president is incapacitated, can no longer serve, and must be removed from office. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not fit for office he never was but lord knows I don't want Kamala in office so keep the keep the puppet around as long as possible dude this is just just like what Dave Chappelle predicted a long long time ago when he was talking about how the first black man to run for office he's like I'm going to have uh, a Mexican gentleman to be my vice president so that if anyone takes a whack at me, the border gets completely open. <laughs> Better leave me and Mr. Vasquez to our own devices. <laughs> Better leave me and Vice President Vice President Rodriguez to our own devices. <laughs> oh boy, what a shit show the Biden administration is, man. What a shit show. Oh. I I I mean, I don't know how anyone, even if you hate Trump as much as most people on the left did. I don't know how anyone can argue that things weren't better when the Trumpster was in charge. Like, I don't get it. Oh, it's, 
it's like a thousand it was a thousand times better gas prices were better uh mortgage stuff was better taxes was better i mean everything was better and you got more out of the the press corps stuff than you ever did now i mean jen pazaki's a freaking loser she's terrible the whole thing's a joke it's that's what it comes down to the whole thing's a joke and we've said it before so i won't i won't stay on it but it's not a funny joke no it's, it's a just a sad joke it's a really depressing joke yeah. no no one wants to see it speaking of depressing japan declares state of emergency in tokyo due to covid one week before the olympics and they've decided there'll be no spectators for the olympics wow great good job japan you you guys are the best <laughs> it's gonna be the worst olympiad ever <laughs> You know why they're doing it, really. You know that, right? The reason they're not... No one wants the, to go? Well, no, number one. Number two, no one will boo when these people do their political stunts. You know? <laughs> won't be anyone in the stands to boo them and go, you suck! Gosh. It is just worthless. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be the worst Olympiad ever. It's just not going to... It's not going to fly. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be great. Have you ever heard of John Coleman... I've heard of Dabney Coleman. <laughs> Two different guys completely. But John Coleman was one of the guys that helped create the Weather Channel. All right. And he was on Brian Stelter's CNN. And basically, oh, basically he treated Brian... He treated Brian Stelter like a bitch. Like, it was wild. It was a great video if you, if you can find it. Stelter's like, well, it's so great to have you on. You helped create this. He's like, yeah, I know, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about what I want to talk about. And that is that global warming is horseshit. Now, he doesn't actually say that. <laughs> he doesn't actually say that, but he does say, global warming's not real, people. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. Yeah, no, it's, it's worth seeing. No global warming. It's been politicized. And, of course, you won't let people. He says, like, you, CNN won't let people hear the truth. But so I'm sort of grateful that I got a chance to get in front of somebody. And then he looks at the camera and goes, hi, people. Global warming's not real. Sorry. It's <laughs> 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 oh, great. So great. Because I, Eric, seven years ago, when we started, was not a global warming guy either. So it was all horseshit. Neither was, neither was I. Uh, you were sort of, but I, I stood on that battlefield. With my chest I never, I never, puffed I never out. Really believed in it? <laughs> I don't think so. No, nah, you were just you were indifferent. You didn't care. But I, I remember yeah, I kept. That's that sounds that sounds more like me. Yeah, and I and but I kept saying, you know, that's the hill I'm standing on. You know, there's other things I'm not sure about, but I know global warming is just a cash grab, and so I'm feeling pretty good right now, at least by what John Coleman said. <laughs> John Coleman confirmed your beliefs and treat you. Uh, he is. Oh, yeah. So we got two more stories, Eric. The uh, the White House the White House brokered a deal to keep Hunter's uh, art sales confidential, which really just proves that it's going to be used for money laundering and influence peddling. Sure. And then the last one, Eric, and I think this is relatively important. Uh, a South Korean scientist has turned a toilet made a toilet excuse me that turns excrement into power and digital currency so not only 
Well, your shit get pumped out, turned to methane, and turned into energy, but it'll also help you mine cryptocurrency. How cool is that? I didn't know my shit could be so powerful. <laughs> Quickly, poop! <laughs> Give me Dogecoin! <laughs> There's plenty of men out there that are going to make this toilet so wonderful. Hell yeah. We will drop... I shit on a, I, I shit on a toilet made from gold Dogecoin. <laughs> Well, I think the the digital currency thing is kind of an interesting sort of side note. But the real thing is that, and I wondered this a lot, it kind of goes with my theory about how come at at workout places and gyms that they don't have power-inducing electricity for the spin cycles and whatnot. You know what I mean? Like, how come you can't get your electricity through that? If, uh, you know, you're running on a treadmill or sitting on the mobile bike and it's, it's where the electricity is actually powered from. Makes a lot of sense to me, but here you got another situation where you're taking massive poos. If you can extract the methane, and I mean methane will always burn. We've seen people light farts on fire to poor effect for them. Yeah. How can we not harness that energy? And this man from South Korea has done it. Well, shit. I feel like he might be on the wall of. Now, let's see. Let's see how far he can get with this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you could, if you could, you know, make make shit light up a light bulb for more than five minutes, then we could talk. Uh, With the Chipotle boys, power on for days. Here we go. Yeah. Oh man, I got such bad diarrhea, but I just powered the city of Providence for a week. <laughs> This is the uh, this is the NFL, this first Super Bowl of its kind, because it will be powered strictly for the shit of our fans. Yeah, there's, there's no there's no seats anymore. It's just all toilets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the lights are dimming. Might need to uh, uh, free taco night. Oh no! <laughs> Could you at least give us a currency flush? <laughs> Well, that's the thing. The only thing I didn't like about the toilet as I read about it is there is no flushing. There's no water involved. It basically uses a very intense, sharp vacuum. And in my head, that could lead to problems, too. Because if you... Sh- oh, you're sucking the shit right out of my ass. <laughs> what, if, what if you go too soon and it gets a hold of your balls? Like that's gonna hurt. I mean, what if what if the uh, the power of the suction is too much? Holy crap! You just sucked my colon right out of my body. Oh, uh, oh, that's that that's disgusting and awful. So, uh, so I don't know. I think there's still there's still things to work out. I guess. <laughs> like, uh, but I'd rather not have some vacuum attached to my butt. <laughs> still some kicks to work out, but I think this guy's on the right track. And if he, like you said, I agree with you now. If he, if he makes it happen, he could be on the wall of admiration. Slightly lower down on the wall. <laughs> on the bottom of the wall, because it's going to be stinky. It's going to be stinky. <laughs> although that stink does rise. Uh, well, maybe like kind of like off to the left, a little bit <laughs> near a window. You're you're a candle. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> have a candle burning in an open window next to it, next to his picture. No, just, no. We, we just want to want to mitigate the stink as much as possible. <laughs> you guys figured it out, and you're on the wall of admiration, just over there. <laughs> just over there. We, we, we're fans. We love you. We just kind of. So every time we get together to do a podcast, Eric, and even this time we're doing more of a remote one, but every time we sit down, I have a list of stuff to talk about, and and I think some of it's interesting, and I try to find stuff that's funny as well, and, and there's always stories that slip through the cracks, like what happened in London the other day where some library had the bright idea to hire a rainbow monkey with a dong to talk to kids about God knows what. Uh, it's just, it was some dude. Here's a, here's a great idea. Some deviant. <laughs> dressed in some rainbow fur with a fake dick hanging out. Yeah, let's have him talk to young children. Because uh, that's fucking a great idea. You know, South Park had it right a long time ago. They did this episode where, not Mr. Uh, Mackey, but the... Uh, Harrison. Yeah. He, had to, he found out that if they fire you because you're gay, you can go to court and make millions of dollars. So he tries to be as ridiculously gay as possible. Mr. Garrison, that's right. And Garrison, not Garrison, yeah, right. he tries to be as ridiculously offensively gay as possible to the kids in hopes that the parents would freak out and fire him. And that's how we got the legendary character, Mr. Slave and the legendary story of Lemmy Winks. Right. But what happened was that the parents were all like, Oh, we're so tall. We have to be tolerant. We're so tolerant. You know, it's so brave that he's doing this. And at some point, Garrison flips out. Like, he's riding a human being dressed in all flair and wearing assless chaps. And and he's in front of all these kids. And, and, and I think it's a play or something. And he stops and just yells at the parents. You know, what the hell is wrong with you? What I'm doing is absolutely inappropriate. Absolutely inappropriate. It, it, tolerance doesn't mean accepting of everything. It just means that you're tolerant of people that are different than you, but wrong is still wrong. <laughs> I always thought that was a really great storyline that actually fills in today a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect moral to learn. Tolerance is great, but wrong is still wrong. Wrong is still wrong. Yep, that's that's really the... That's what we've lost. Anywho, for the question to ponder today, Eric, I kind of want to go in your wheelhouse because I think we have talked before that you do do the uh, entertaining wrestling. <laughs> do do You uh, participate in the entertainment form of wrestling. And um, Barstool... I, it, I just wanted to put it out there that uh, the entertainment form of wrestling does not mean uh, porn. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it just means like <laughs> professional wrestling. Professional wrestling. WWE style. Yep. 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 Yeah. Sorry, Eric. I didn't mean to put you on the limit. When you throw entertainment in there, people kind of always kind of jump to the wrong spot. To, yeah. Gravitate to porn. And, <laughs> you know, if the money, if the, you know, if the money's right, I'm not saying no, uh, but <laughs> it's not what I'm doing. I hear you. I hear you. Anywho, Barstool put out a very interesting article the other day saying who is on your Mount Rushmore of professional wrestlers. And it got me thinking that might that might be a good topic for us, especially with the news that Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff passed away the other day at 71. Rest in peace, good sir. Yep, he was a good wrestler. I don't have him on the Mount Rushmore. But, uh, Eric, what would be your Mount Rushmore of professional wrestlers, or do you want to hear mine first? Uh, yeah, let me hear yours first. I'm not really going to listen because I need to think about what I'm thinking about it. Well, let me do uh, let me do my honorable mention because I did two sets: the four that I really truly believe in, and then the four that are sort of going to make you angry. Alternates going to make you angry. <laughs> All right. So, on my honorable mention, I have the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Sure. I have Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're an idiot. I have the Undertaker. You're really an idiot. And I have Gangrel. You're dumb. <laughs> But my real four, Eric, if I had a gun to my head, I had to make a choice on who we were going to put on the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestlers. I would go with Hulk Hogan, Eh. Brett the Hitman Hart, Eh. Andre the Giant, Eh. and Mr. Perfect. No. That's my big four. You're wrong. Anyway. Well, uh, well, thanks. (laughs) It's an opinion piece, man. It's all about opinion, but your your opinion is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what you got there, Hotshot? Uh, I'm trying to think. Let's see. All right, so Andre is up there. Mm-hmm. Are you going with the Ravishing one? Ravishing Rick Rude? No. <laughs> uh, Piper is up there. Really? You got Roddy? Uh, Hot Rod. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Hot Rod should be in my honorable mentions. Yeah, instead of maybe Gangrel. What the hell's wrong with you? Well, Gangrel was more funny. It was tongue-in-cheek. Because I did like... I was the only person in the world that liked Gangrel. (laughs) That's why he left the WWE pretty fast. He wasn't very good. Yeah. But I liked him. So, Andre the Giant, Roddy Piper, uh, Hogan should probably be up there, but I don't want to put him up there. Let's see, you know what? Okay, so Andre, Piper, Undertaker, because that's you know that's thirty years of a character that's just. And he was good. He was real good. You have to think about it though. Like hit, the Undertaker didn't have to do too too much. <laughs> yeah, but he always held the audience. Yeah, because he was cool. He was six ten, and he was built like a. Yeah, but to hold, to hold the audience for thirty years is unheard of. Are we gonna just? Forget the American badass blip. For for the time that it was a part of, it worked. For that t- uh, period of time that he did it, it worked. Would it have worked before? No. Would, would it have worked after? Probably not. But for that section, it, it it actually worked. And you know there was some like you know there's some fluidity there where he kind of went uh, from American badass, which was fine. To go uh, to more of a 
still the biker, but kind of more the, you know, I think it was like Big Evil or something like that or whatever it was. Sure. Kind of like the tail end of that before he went back to being the the Undertaker of old. Yep. It's It, it actually worked pretty well. Uh, and the fan, of, and it still held the fans as as probably uh, as probably less popular than the original Undertaker gimmick and the the one that came after came after the American Badass gimmick, but it was still popular. It was viable. It was. Yeah, I hear you. No, I mean he he was also a good athlete and he did some stuff that hadn't been seen before. So I remember I'd never seen anybody that big actually get on top of the ropes, you know, just stand on the ropes. So that was kind yeah, of, and also, and also jumping over the top rope from the, the mat. Yep. Yep. Cause he would, he would do like that, that suicide dive over the top rope. Yep. And I've never seen someone that big do that. Yeah. Yep. So he's, he's my number three on the, on, on the, on the Mount Rushmore. See, I thought for certain you would have the excellence of execution on there. Believe me, he's, he's, He's my favorite. He'll always be my favorite. I just don't. I just don't think, in terms of contribution, all told to the business, I can't. I don't think I can put him up there. Hmm. Hell of a wrestler. Hell of a technician. I, I just don't think. I just like. I'm, I'm talking about like overall contribution to the wrestling business. Uh, I just. I can't. I can't really put him up there uh, as much as I want to. Yeah, see, if you're going by that measure, then it, my my four would be different. I'm going by the people that I like the most and that I thought was the most impactful in my. It's in terms of that, that that's a different question to me. It's like that comes down to who's your who's your four favorite wrestlers, right? Yep. Uh, your, your top four. I mean, asking who's on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling is a different question. Well, I took it the wrong way then. And and to be fair, I believe the article had his four was Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, and The Undertaker. I mean, I can, I can certainly see that. I mean, each one did an ama- amazing things. Uh, brought wrestling to pretty new heights. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But I mean, for me, it's like, you know, Andre was like, Holy crap! Like no one could. You, you never, you've never seen anything like Andre before. You're just like, holy crap! Or Man's since, huge. huh? Or since? Yeah, or yeah. I mean, not even, not even the Big Show uh, could really measure up to Andre. Piper was just the most dynamic, charismatic bad guy you could possibly hope. No one compared to him in that era, uh, and even after, even after when he was like more or less retired, if you put if you if you were to come out and like kind of go up against, you know, the talents of like uh, of the top heels of that of, of today or or you know a few uh, several years ago when he was still around, he could still outshine them. Easily. Well, he was utilized, if I recall correctly, after his wrestling career was sort of over, but he was still with the company. That anytime somebody needed to to get pushed a little bit, they went on Piper's pit, 
And Piper would, he was so popular and so good at what he did, he was able to help those guys get over, right? I mean, it was, yeah. it was, he was, yeah, was a vital part of everything they did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was just like, if you, if he could get anybody over. Yep. Uh, Undertaker, I've already kind of gone through what I believe of him. I'm trying to think. For me, it comes down to either Austin or The Rock. Who's had more cultural Who's had more cultural Im- impact in rock wrestling? I mean, because they're of the same time period, it's really hard to choose one over the other. Because each one had their really high moments and each one had their really low moments. You know what? I... I'm gonna I, I I'm gonna have to go with the rock on this one. Hmm. Because I don't remember when it was. It was some Monday night raw, you know, years and years and years ago. He came in as the most came into that night as the most hated man in all of WWE or F or whatever it was called at the time. Uh he was, you know, just savagely booed and it was a I think it was still a two hour show at this point. By the by the end of the first hour he had he had done done something. I can't remember what he did, but it it turned him face and he was instantly loved. Mm. And just going by crowd reaction. It was just like the roof came off the place. But by the end, it had been a ruse that he turned back to heal. <laughs> and he was instantly even more hated. And I've never seen anyone go from hated to purely loved to purely hated in a span of two hours. <laughs> I've only seen the one go from severely loved to severely hated. You know, and that was during the WCW when the when Hulk Hogan turned into the New World Order. Like, yeah, you know, I've never seen the the reverse. But to, but to but to reach those two heights, to do that in one span of an episode, two hours long, I've never seen it. It was masterful, mm. and it just showed you how much control The Rock had in terms of how he could play the crowd and just how and just how popular he was as a whole. He's the first, if I recall, you know, speaking of influence and being an ambassador for the sport, like he's the first guy that broke through completely. You know, there had been other guys that had done movies and, you know, Roddy Piper did They Live, which is a great flick. Uh, but the rock is the, the but the rock has become a superstar in the film industry. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah. He's by far he is he has accomplished the most uh, going from wrestling into another field. Hogan came moderately close. He's done a, 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 quite a few uh, films. Look, I will uh, never. But, but most, were, but most were garbage. I will never disparage Thunderlips, the Ultimate Male. But if well, you. I mean, yeah. But if you compare the films that Hulkster did to The Rock, it's not even close. Oh, it's not even close. Yeah, it's not even close. I mean, yeah, it's uh, so. Yeah, my 
Rushmore Four are Andre the Giant, Roddy Piper, uh, The Undertaker, and The Rock. So you leave Hogan off the board. Yeah, <laughs> I probably shouldn't, but yeah. I mean, he he took wrestling from being practically bit parts in the country. I mean, granted, McMahon unified the whole thing and made it into one thing for a while. But he was the guy that made it into something special. But you could also yeah. add that he had some great foils. You know, they don't make bad guys that's, like they that, used to. That's, that's, that for me is where Piper comes in. Yeah, like Piper, the Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, all those guys. Andre. Andre the Giant. All those guys were great foils. I mean, talk about wonderfully picked bad guys to, to for the Hawkster to deal with representing the United States and loving God and taking your vitamins and saying your prayers like it's I mean I don't think the rock I mean that was the that was sort of the weird part with the rock and Austin like they were both bad guys and good guys there wasn't a normal passion play involved everyone was good and everyone was bad and it was just when did they show it and when and where you know I think Austin had a little more nuance than that. I think he. I don't think it was more like, oh, he's both good and bad. Uh, he was very much the anti-hero mm. uh, aspect uh, against the corporation, as it were, against the man, as it were. Right, McMahon uh, made himself the the bad guy for a while. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and Austin was very much like the anti-hero that. He never, he never really changed anything he did. Like, he was always, he, uh, you know, the stuff he did when he was a heel, he did when he was technically a face. Uh, they just started cheering for him. And so they kind of augmented his storyline to fit that. Uh, well, that was one of the so genius I, moments of, of the McMahons in general. When, when Vince had the idea to make himself the bad guy and his kids part of the bad guys. And then, you know, the idea of the relationship between Stephanie and triple H and continue this bad, you know what I mean? Like they made the man, the bad guy. And then you had these outlaws. It became sort of the wild West versus the outlaw uh, versus the, the government. It was pretty cool. I mean, a lot of people at the time were like, this is ridiculous. Why there's no good and bad guys. But what he did was he created a wild West situation. Yeah, it was, it worked really well. All right. Well, I appreciate your four. Again, I probably did what I always do, and that's misunderstand the uh, misunderstand the assignment. <laughs> I, I just I just found it to be two different questions. I'm yeah. like, I can tell you my you know top four wrestlers. It's probably Bret Hart, Undertaker, uh, Piper, and uh, what's I mean, there's there's just so many that I actually really love. Val Venus. No, not even close. Uh, Regardless, yeah, he had the greatest opening video ever. Yeah, it was kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's like pretty much versus, you know, your favorite, your top four favorite wrestlers versus the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Which yeah, is, no, I, mean, I get it. To, I me, that's, to me, that's a different question. Yeah, no, I get it. Just did what I know. It's, it's, it's still opinion because, you know, we're all going to have different, Mount Rushmore's, hmm. but uh, I just have to. I have to take more into account, which is why, like, like, I, like I say before, Bret Hart wasn't in my Mount Rushmore, even though he's my favorite of all time. Right. Nope. Just me misunderstanding assignment again. That's all. 
All right. Well, this has been the Interim Podcast, Episode 75. Eric, I want to thank you for calling in on the road. Appreciate it, man. I'm in Connecticut. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I think I'm in, I think I'm in Massachusetts now. Yeah. And uh, we'll try to try to keep moving on as we do. The Interim Podcast can be found at theinterimpodcast.com. You can email us at theinterimpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Locals and also on Getter as well. Just look up Enter Room Podcast and uh, there we shall be. So, Eric, uh, stay safe out there on the road, man. And uh, and I like to just say one thing, which is... See.